Welcome back to another episode of Movie Madness. I'm your host, Henry Thompson. And with me today, of course, is my brother, Wayne Thompson. Say hi. Hello. With me also is amateur filmmaker, Chris Reed. Hello, hello. And for the first time today is a new member, world-class photographer and lifesaver, Les Brewster. Say hi, man. Hi, hi. Now, Les, you don't know. You don't know. Is that before we start any episode where we've got someone new on, we always ask them a couple of questions. And we like to keep that secret until the episode's rolling so we get their natural responses. So I got four quick questions for you before we get into what this episode's about today. Okay. 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 The first episode is as someone interested in films, if you could uh, work with any actor, living or dead, who would it be and why? Ooh, that is a tough question. They are, they are tough. That is a toughie, that. Because there's so many out there. I've got to say now, you can't choose me. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. <laughs> you, should have, wasn't. You, you should have, right? <laughs> you set me up to say that, Wayne. You, you set me up to say that. Oh, I don't know. Can I come back on that one? I'll have a think about that one. You can come back on it, but they're all going to hit you like this. Yeah. <laughs> Question <laughs> number two. The question number two is if you could work with any director, living or dead of all time, <laughs> be involved with them, who would it be and why? I think Spielberg. Spielberg, yep. Yeah. Why Spielberg? Spielberg? I just like his cinematography, the way he does it and the stories he pulls out the bag. And yeah, love him. It's really good. Awesome. Okay, cool. So the third question do you want to go back to the first or you're going to go to the third? yeah the first one I think um, Tom Hanks I think he's yep. just a, he's just a, such a personality You, I think anybody would want to work with him now would you rather work with Tom Hanks modern day you know Forrest Gump character actor style or would you rather go back to the 80s and work with Joe versus Volcano easy going guy I think modern day I think uh, mm-hmm. he did a few films recently one called Sonny I think it was called Sonny where was the airline pilot oh yeah yeah that was Sully, quite good. Yeah, yeah, that was good. Uh, and the other one is one I've just watched is, um, oh, where is the captain on a um, a navy ship coming across from the states? Oh, Captain. Oh, Cap- yeah, no, Cap- no, 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 Greyhound. Oh, on Apple. Yeah, that's yeah, it's fantastic. I loved it. He 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 loved the uh, the book and he did the storyline for the film. Yeah, oh, that's yeah, really really that. good. Really good. Question back, number, question number three. Number three. Uh, if you could hang out with any character from a movie in history for a day, go grab a beer or a drink or see a movie together or whatever, what character would you want to spend a day with? Doesn't have to be not so much an actor, but a character. Yeah, the character themselves, not the actor. Hmm. Tuffy. See, I like a lot of sci-fi stuff and that sort of stuff. So it'd have to be a sci-fi character. That's fine. That's absolutely permissible. That's <laughs> whatever character you want to hang with, man. I'll put it another way. Another character I would have loved to have hung out with. Is okay. Black Panther. Mm. Ah, okay. Yeah. 
No, he's just a personality, you know, and he, he's obviously died way too early and, you know, going through chemo. Uh, for Black four Panther years. lives forever. Absolutely. Don't confuse him with Chadwick Boseman, who That's sadly right. has passed away, and it is a tragedy. But yeah. Black Panther will live on forever, especially that movie. So as a character, I would, yes, I would say Black Panther. Awesome. Uh-huh. Really good, good pick. Choice. Yeah. You'd have one hell of an adventure. I can give you that much. Absolutely. Oh, fact. So the final question. Dun, dun, dun. If you could live inside of a movie for a day with no fear of, of any kind of thing hurting you, just live inside any movie in history, like you were hopping into it for a day, what movie would you like to live in for a day? It's got to be Toy Story, isn't it? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so are you going to be, will you be a toy? Because otherwise, how would you even know? It's like every day. They're living when you're not paying attention anyway. I, I would want to be Buzz Lightyear, absolutely, every time. Hanging out with Buzz. Yeah. I can see that the Les Brewster. Yeah. <laughs> so would you be like the, the special Les Brewster doll that when you press the button on its chest, it goes, ha, 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 ha. For the audience who doesn't know, uh, Les has worked for many years as uh, a scare actor in scare parks because he's so well known for his unbelievably deep and exciting dark laugh, which I don't know why you don't do more voiceover work in fairness. You got to put that, you know, put that voice out there more. Can we, for the audience, before we continue here, this, this world famous laugh. Are you ready for it? Come on. Bring it on. We've got to close your eyes. You have to close your (laughs) eyes. Close your eyes, audience. <laughs> Anybody listening to this who's ever been to the scare part where he acts are gonna just think, oh my god, it's him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the Sends chills right through my balls every yeah. time. You so know, anyway, I <laughs> yeah, I just don't know where that laugh came from. It just appeared, it just came from nowhere. Weird. It's called you listen to the Adams family music one time, you got into character too much and you farted. Well, actually, actually, my sister, she used to say I used to laugh like uh, Mutley. <laughs> <laughs> I can believe that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. And then once you add a little bit of throat to it, ba-bam, a legend was born. Yeah, yeah. That's it. Awesome. Well, good answers, man. No, but thank, th- thank you. Thank you for allowing me into the group, guys. I've enjoyed it so far. So, yes. Oh, we'll fix that. <laughs> Carry on. I know you will. <laughs> Do you realize how many times I've set you up to say Oh, things? you're good at it, man. You're very good at it. Per- perfect yeah, mark yeah, this, dude. No. So anyway, <laughs> today's episode is all about fantasy films. The good, the bad, and the ugly mm. of fantasy. Now, fantasy as a genre is uh, a mixed bag. Everyone's got a different opinion on what fantasy actually is. There's no one definition. For example, if you were to jump on the old Googles and go to IMDb and look at the top 100 fantasy movies of all time, yeah, it's got some obvious ones like Lord of the Rings and The Hobbit and so on, but then it's even got things like uh, Constantine and Groundhog Day and uh, Ghost and Hidden Dragon, Scott Pilgrim vs. the World. And then even even to me, what's even more obscure, because some of those I can kind of see it, what's more obscure is things like The Mask. You know what I mean? Yeah. I feel like fantasy is such a broad term. Um, because, yes, many movies have fantastical elements, and they can take a bit of suspension of disbelief and so on. But on this list here, for example, is Ghostbusters. I would never call Ghostbusters a fantasy movie. I would call it a comedy, comedy. and I would call it a sci-fi maybe at best. 
because uh, it's got elements of horror, it's got elements of the supernatural, but I wouldn't call it a fantasy. So that's it, that's where everyone's got a different term. Now, me and, me and Wayne, before we started the show, me, Wayne, and Chris were talking about the Godzilla films. And I was saying Godzilla films to me are sci-fis because Godzilla's born of a blast from an atomic bomb, you know, atom bomb testing, and he's formed by the radiation. That makes him a sci-fi. Wayne disagrees. Yeah, I don't disagree because you tell me, has anybody ever seen a monster like this? No, it's like a dinosaur. You've never seen one. So it's a fantasy. But I, I can see where you're coming from. Like we discussed that, you know, I can see where you're coming from, especially with the modern Godzillas. Because with the modern Godzillas, you have to tell the whole backstory. Whereas if you go back to the original Japanese ones, they were just, they were just out there to scare people. So it was kind of a fantasy when you got all these different mythical creatures like Mothra and, you know, Geig and all this coming from outer space and everything. So, yes, it was fantasy back then. Now, what's an even tighter description is we were talking about Jurassic Park. Now, Jurassic Park, obviously, they recreate dinosaurs from the uh, blood they find of mosquitoes that are captured in amber. I would call that a sci-fi because it's using, you know, faux science to tell how they created the dinosaurs. If they didn't just walk through a portal yeah. or they found them fully buried, like in Cedo Man, then I would call it a fantasy. But Wayne still calls it a fantasy. So there is a description. Like I say, it's a broad terminology. We have to pinpoint what the we're reason, talking about in fantasy in this episode. The reason Jurassic Park's a fantasy to me is because preceding Jurassic Park, any dinosaur film was always when you've gone back in time to see dinosaurs. Which is a fantasy not, film. not really. What was the other one? Um, there's one where they're on a plateau up in. Um, let me think. Mysterious Art. Is it Mysterious Art? Not Mysterious Art. No, it's, it's not that. It's not that one, Chris. It's another one. No, oh, but what it normally Google, is. I'll, I'll try and Google it. And what it normally is, though, this is it's okay. either. What I was going to say was it's either you go back in time or you go to a mythical island which is not known. So it's yeah. always fantasy. Do you know what I'm so, saying? Yeah. So Jurassic Park's come along and they try to put, again, modern day, new twist on stuff to try and make it more sci-fi, as Hank said. Mm. But dinosaurs, to me, will always be fantasy because it's something I'd love to see, but I'll never, ever mm. get to see. See, I thought you were going to say that it's all fantasy to you because dinosaurs never existed because the bones were planted there by the Jura <laughs> media. <laughs> I believe they did exist. Uh, you you know, again, that's an anti-evolution joke. That's, that's I, do, fine. I, I was just making a creationism joke. I I've love taking gone. jibes at religion. I'm sorry. Yeah, I've just googled that one, guys. It's called The Lost World, 1960. Lost World. That's when they go into the center of the Earth, isn't it? No, it's uh, there's a big plateau in a in a in a oh, like a, a big forest area. There's a big plateau, and the, the dinosaurs actually live on the top of this plateau. You know, from the uh, way, way back in the day. Yeah. Mm. See, I'm older than you guys, you know what I mean? So I remember these all. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. That's why you're here. Uh, keep yeah, us right, you. man. Keep us right. Uh, well, it's, it's like... It's like oh, it's and like, it was an Arthur Conan Doyle story, huh? But going, out, going along with these stories, it's like the Plant the Apes series. The original Plant the Apes, a total, total fantasy. Mm. You get the new ones, they've had to put a backstory in, they've shown you where the apes have now evolved from and come from and how we've actually made them become these apes for the future. The modern twist on it. 
yeah, so now it's his sci-fi. They've took the fantasy element away and they've made it more real and sci-fi. Hmm. But you see, again, you, I agree it is fantasy, but also even the originals are a little sci-fi by the fact that they go that you know it's revealed to be a, an alternate future at the very end. But again, um, time travel that for way. me is fantasy because you can't time travel. It's impossible. Well, for me, where it gets total, 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 total fantasy in the Planet of the Apes original quintology is when they send back in time, <laughs> you know, um, uh, fucking Ronnie McDowell's ape. And, yes. and, and you yes, end up exactly. getting they yeah. become celebrities oh, in the 1970s and shit. I'm with, That's I'm amazing. It's, I love it's, that It's movie. a terrible film, but it's a brilliant film because it's so oh, funny. The whole it's original so Planet of the Apes is amazing when you watch how they go in a big circle. Oh, yeah. All five movies tie totally. together perfectly. And I don't see that what? kind of consistency in many modern movies. I'll be honest, I even enjoy the TV series. Even though I never one saw season. the TV series. Never saw it. Yeah, it was all right. Ironically, in the first episode of the TV series was a very, very young actor who was in a fantasy trilogy himself. Oh. He was the Beastmaster. All right. Mark I was just sh- I was sure you were going to say Michael Ironside for some yeah. reason. He always, <laughs> however, however, always he did, finds he did, a way he did, in. He did happen to act with Michael Ironside in V. I will give him that much. Well, so there you know. go. Yeah, always, <laughs> six degrees of Michael Ironside. That's an episode yeah. coming next year, next month, probably. Yeah, it'd be Ken Bing than he did. <laughs> oh. I'm I'm hashtag Kevin Bacon all the way still, man. Yeah, it's gotta be. He's been with that. He's he's out with everybody. That guy <laughs> somehow, somewhere. So yeah, fantasy is a bit of a broad genre. Uh, for me personally, true fantasy is you know where you normally, especially in the '80s and '90s or '70s, you'd catch American actors donning terrible British accents, like movies like Legend. You yeah. know what I mean? Uh, mm. That's fantasy, but also fairy tales. Fairy tales are always fantasy. Things like, um, you know, Edward Scissorhands or a lot of Disney classics. Now, you could argue the animated ones are separate, but I can't do that because they did a great animated Hobbit. And I love the animated Hobbit so much more than what Peter Jackson crapped out with the recent movies, which to me were like the worst trilogy of films I've probably ever seen. The Hobbits were. Saw look better. You know what I mean? The Hobbits were terrible. The Lord of the Rings were brilliant, but the Hobbits were terrible. It's the Hobbits were just milking it, weren't they? Really, they were just that's all they were there for. Well, do you not feel it was just an example of technology getting a little too good because yeah. he had pioneering revolutionary technology for Gollum, but they were still using miniatures and bigatures and all that compositing for the original Lord of the Rings trilogy, and they still stand up, they look amazing now. If mm-hmm. you watch the Blu-ray right now, they look fantastic. I went to go see the Hobbit in this in the flicks, and the very first one. Every character just looks like plastic. It looks like a home video. Everything is CG. Everything looks out of proportion. It's I remember just when I so first tried watching The Hobbit, uh, and I turned off because it actually hurt my head trying to watch it. Yeah. That whole 48 frame rate is yeah, not a good horrible. idea. It's horrible. Yeah, I think they went far too in on that. But the original trilogy, Lord of the Rings, is amazing. I love it. But I'll tell you what I do find funny, what some of what you've just kind of hit on there. I've, for mm. years, for years, I've always said fantasy was 80s. Fantasy film, you can't look no further than 80s. And when we got out this topic, I've had a quick look through stuff, and I'm actually right. 
<laughs> I never For thought the first actually, time he's right. I never thought I'd say though, but when I've looked through stuff, the best fantasy films were in the 80s. Like for the for the majority, I should say, because you've got some great ones back in the 60s and the 70s, and you know, even before then, Wisdom Falls was freaking 1933, for God's sake. But mm. what I'm saying is for like consistency of good fantasy films is the 80s. Well, one thing we often talk about on this show is how horror is kind of cylindrical. You get zombies for like 10 years and you get vampires for 10 years. It's like, what's Vogue? And there was a really good time around the late 70s, early 80s, where, you know, fantasy was just the genre. Even and people were pushing out. Yeah, well, they were pushing the limits of what they could achieve from a filmmaking standpoint mm-hmm. without, you know, computers. And I think... Exactly. It was a golden age of practical effects. And Fantastic I look at a movie age. like Legend. You know what I mean? Look at the Still makeup on Tim Curry. It's amazing. Yeah. You know, Legend, Labyrinth, Willow. Labyrinth, all what a movie. Still it was just stand yeah. up today. And yet, some of the stuff that then you hit the 90s now. and they started to die out. And now we live in the age of CG. And really, the only fantasy you have is comic book movies. Mm hmm. There's very few movies I would watch these days and I go, now that's a fantasy. Yeah, there's not many, not many at all. And I know they did like a Clash of the Titans remake and Wrath of the Titans. And I thought Clash was okay. Clash was okay. Wrath was terrible. Wrath was, do you know what was so annoying as well? Wrath was, it had it so killed much Pete potential. It, well, yeah, it did, but it had so much potential. You know, it was like taking place in hell almost. And it was like, uh, it, just, it was awful. It was just pathetic. I was so disappointed with it. Now, you tell me if you think I'm right or wrong about this. My take on it is that audiences, there's a theory that studios think audiences have become sophisticated, so they need to explain everything. And that takes away a lot of suspension of disbelief when you try to explain everything. Like, now you can't do a zombie thing without, you got to know where the zombie came from. from. Well, when you look at the likes of Dawn of the Dead and Night, the mystery is more exciting. Well, it's more scary. Yeah, so I don't need to know why there's a fucking golden owl. It just exists. That's all I need to know. Now they would be like, well, the golden owl was tinkered on by this guy who did this, Mm -hmm. and he's a wizard, and blah, blah, blah. And I don't need that backstory, man. Yeah, exactly. Give me the mystery. Give me the the, the fantasy of the fantasy. That's the whole idea of a fantasy. It's a fantasy where you don't know where it's coming from, and it's there. Even things like Mortal Instruments, they play too much on... This is only fantasy because we've lost knowledge of what it was like in the in the olden olden times. That typical, you know, apocalypse bullshit where it's like, oh, it's fantasy to them because they don't remember what it was like being us. Yeah, that's that's crap, man. I want more water worlds. Was I the only guy who thought Waterworld was good? Well, I'm actually on your side, Hank, because I actually really enjoyed Waterworld. And I thought, yes, okay. Thank I you. I can see why people think it bombed, but technically I think it was ahead of its time. Is the problem. I, I think it was ahead of its time because I didn't like it when I first saw it, but I rewatched it as an adult and I was like, this is actually a really good movie. It's a really good movie because and there's you've got you've got the, the that feeling of being lost in the water forever. But then you've also got the action, you've got the suspense, you've got uh, everything's in it. There's everything in that film. What was the other funniest film that uh, Kevin Costner's in? Was The Postman? The Postman, which was another one which I I think was ahead of its time. I I agree it was ahead of its time. Yeah, Yeah, because that was also really... I mean, they made a joke on The Simpsons where they go to the commentary 
of the postman. And it's just Kevin Costner going, I'm sorry, guys. I'm so sorry. I don't know what I was thinking. I'm sorry. And I'm like, yeah, time told on that one. I mean, that was the Achilles horse. That is just heart wrenching. Mm. You know, that horse toed with him everywhere, bless him. But Will Patton, he was just phenomenal in that film. Always a tremendous actor as well. He is a good actor, really good actor. Les, what's your, if if you had to pick one, right? The movie that stuck with you more than any other movies from a fantasy genre that you could go back and watch again today and go, God damn, that's a good fucking movie. What would be your favorite fantasy movie of all time if you had to pick one? There again, you're going to have to come back to me on that one because I'll have to think for two seconds. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Chris, you must have a one pick now. We've been talking about this for like an hour before we started the episode. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, before we came on the episode, we were chatting about, and I said there's it's hard to actually narrow down one that I love above all others. But if I had to be kind of really brutal about it, my favorite would still be one I'd seen as a kid was a Princess Bride. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that is an absolutely fantastic film. You've got a brilliant cast in it. Um, it's charming. It's funny. You know, it's exciting. It's just, it is perfect. And you can't, you know, it's the perfect fantasy film. You know, sword fighting, monsters, all that nonsense. It is just, oh, absolutely love it. I, I couldn't agree more. I think it's an amazing movie. And um, I don't know if you saw, most of the original actors are going out of their way to try and convince Hollywood not to remake it because there's a I remake on the don't. cards. Yeah, and like, I've seen I, that, yeah. I saw like Carrie Always was basically saying, why would you remake it? What's wrong with the original? I, I get the idea of making something for a new generation, but to me, fantasy is timeless. And of course it is. There's nothing to say that Fred Savage isn't sitting in that room and he's got an iPad under the bed. There's nothing in that movie that needs to be updated. You know what I mean? Um, Back to the Future, I can understand if they wanted to do a remake of Back to the Future at some point and, and replace the 50s with the 80s or something, because then at least it's a different take. It's a different time period. That's fine. I can live with that. But if you remade it and it was the 50s again, what would be the yeah. fucking point? You'd have to change oh. to a new Back to the Future. Exactly. It'd be a new, I went back 30 years, we go ahead 30 years. That yeah. would be a good storytelling device. Because exactly. here we are 30 years after the original anyway. It almost makes total sense. But Princess Bride is timeless. It's literally... Yeah. Uh, it's even called a timeless fucking classic. That's not yeah. a clever description. That's a true description. Well, they're just they're reading the story. Like, you know, why would you need to change it? You're telling the same story again. A remake would just it would dilute that. It, it just, would be it would be like remaking Legend, as you said earlier. It would be like remaking Legend. Yeah. It would yeah. be like remaking Labyrinth. Why would you do it? Why would you actually do it? Kids today still love them films. You know, they tried remake um, Clash of Titans. It failed epically. So why are they trying to remake films what you don't need to remake? Mm. Well, case in point, if you're going to do something, do something that's going to add to the existing story. Like, exactly. Um, do a follow-up or uh, do a what, spin-off. What you, or a, yeah. What you, the Dark Crystal, for example, you mentioned Labyrinth. The Dark mm. Crystal, which is probably the other one that's biggest for being that kind of yeah. setup. You know, it's... Uh, what they did with Netflix, adding the Age of Resistance, they didn't remake it. They didn't do it again. They yeah, did they follow the it up. They, yeah. yeah, they expanded the universe. Do that. You know that. You know the story behind that, though. It was supposed to be the Dark Crystal too, but the producers of that film wanted to do digital Dark Crystal, 
And no, I am firmly in the belief that there's nothing wrong with CGI and it can be used amazingly. But if you're, if for example, with Gremlins, they're going to do a Gremlins 3. When the first two Gremlins were so good practically, I see no reason why you would want to make a digital Gremlin. Maybe for one or two shots, if they're doing something crazy, that's fine. But bring back the original Gremlins because they have that consistency, that real world feel. I wouldn't update that needlessly. And well, Dark Crystal, I mean. when you have so much of that Jim Henson spirit, and he had a very unique spirit, and he made movies that felt like Henson movies, you couldn't recreate that digitally. You couldn't. Well, when I finished where I was starting, I was going to say... Oh, I thought you were done. I'm so sorry. No. <laughs> Ryan, just, Ryan, just, Ryan, just wish you were done. Sorry. That's Ryan Henson <laughs> wouldn't allow it. He would not allow them to do digital Dark Crystal, and he pulled the plug on the whole thing. Ah, oh, fucking you, go on, Brian. And he said, if you're not going to do it properly, you're not doing it at all. And then Netflix came in and said, well, why not do a TV series? He did a little promo and swallowed them on it straight away. Amazing. And I thought, yeah, like you said, good on you. You stood your ground because not many people stand the ground these days. Ah, uh, no, of course. Well, they bow down to money, don't they? Because mm-hmm. that's all filmmaking is to people is money. But to us as fans, even though we are filmmakers, we know money is important. We're still fans and you exactly. gotta think about the integrity of those stories and how they're gonna live on beyond you getting a fucking paycheck. Uh Les, have you thought of your favorite yet? I have actually, yeah. There was one I, I yeah. sort of reflect to. Um when uh, Jack m- m- my son, he was uh, a lot younger, he's like 26 now. Um, we always used to watch was a favorite of ours, which was the the Iron Giant. Yeah, uh, beautiful movie. I thought what a great film was, that was. You know, you know just no, the connection between the robot it's and really the son funny you and the say things that, he used Liz. to get up to. It was amazing. It, it, it's really funny you say because that, that was one of my son's favourites. How mm. Kyle absolutely loved and he used to cry at the Iron Giant. You know, because I, I used to reflect to the time when I was a kid, you know, the, the, the threat of the, the nuclear war, the three-minute warning, mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, the sirens being tested every week, you know, and that sort of stuff. I could relate to that in a way, you know. And that's why I enjoyed it so much, I suppose. Looking back on my childhood, um, even Jack, um, we have a thing on Facebook every so often that keeps popping up on the memories. Uh, what are your favourite movies? Uh, beginning with the letter I. Iron Giant, always at the top. Yeah. 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 Oh, Iron Giant is a tremendous uh, movie. Mm. I think but- Brad Bird solidified himself as not only a good animator, but a good storyteller and a filmmaker with that. And I think that's why he's had a good career going into live action. Um, you know, he Iron Giants again, a timeless movie. It's got the feeling of the sixties and the paranoia and the Cold War vibes, but it can be told at any time. Yeah, people, exactly. you know what I mean. Exactly. It doesn't rely on being like nineteen sixty eight or something. No, it, people it, relate to it in so many different ways. Oh yeah. What, what's funny though is you go you go back to when we were seeing real effects to digital effects. I always go back to the original Simbads compared to I don't know if you've mm. ever seen any of the new ones or not. The original well, I used Simbads, to watch his show back in the nineties, you know. I always thought he was kind of a less funny Martin Lawrence. Very funny. I thought it was funny and For the six people Who got the reference <laughs> I got the reference I just don't find it funny <laughs> The only thing Sinbad was good in Was Jingle All The Way Oh anyway, he was great In Jingle he was, All The Way He was great in that That anyway, was his crowning Fucking achievement Go on Wade Sorry You've got, you got things like Seven Voyages Sinbad And Sinbad And the, um, I, the Tiger And all that stuff Like yep. the effects Which was 
phenomenal. He had the you know stop motion effects, Ray Harryhausen was absolute god. He was a genius at stuff like this. And then in 2010, suddenly this new Sinbad comes out with Patrick Muldoon. Does anybody remember Patrick Muldoon? Mm-hmm. Starship Troopers. Yep. And mm-hmm. it is abysmal. Mm. Um, you would almost think, I don't know if it is or not, correct me if I'm wrong, but you'd almost think it was done by those asylum lot who do all these dreadful, <laughs> the god-awful, yeah, yeah. digital fucking creature features. But they're saying that but, when um, that film came out, what grabbed me about that was the effects, the visual effects on that was amazing. Which one? Uh, Starship Troopers. Oh, no, 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 no. Oh, yeah, Starship, no, yeah, Starship, Starship Troopers, Troopers is good. Starship Troopers is brilliant. Starship Troopers, no, no, no. I'm on about the new, he's in the new, he was in the new Sinbad film is what I'm seeing. All right. The, the pattern we're doing from Starship Troopers was in Sinbad, the Persian Prince in 2010. And the effects in that are dreadful. The acting in that is dreadful. Everything about it is dreadful. And then they brought another one out the air after, which I didn't bother watching. <laughs> and then they bought another one out later on where Patrick these must have been made Stewart, for TV or something to produce so many so fast. Patrick Stewart did voiceover because it was some foreign Sinbad movie. It was just what the hell have you done with the classic Sinbad films? But again, Clash of Titans, you know, you've got the brilliant stop motion, they bring the new ones out, and they're, they're okay at best. Now, funnily enough, here's a, here's a piece of useless fun, you know, trivia about practical versus digital. Um, <laughs> I'm sure everyone here has seen and loved Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't Did mind you know? it. I didn't mind it. <gasps> didn't mind it? Is that a funny way of saying it's amazing? I'm more of a sci-fi <laughs> rather than <laughs> a fantasy. <laughs> oh, if you know what I mean. Well, well anyway. Do you know no, what? That's I'll, fair, be, that's I'll fair. be honest. When I first came out, I was like, eh. But the more I watch it, the more I get impressed with it. I'm only speaking about literally the original 1994 Jurassic yeah, yeah. Park. When I saw that, yeah. it blew my mind as a kid. I was 12. It blew my fucking mind. I've never seen anything like it. And to this day, I think it stands up as a great, again, Spielberg. He knows how to tell a fucking story and make it engaging. Yeah. Yeah. Even if it's cre- not your movie. They were clever with our effects, though. But, yeah, yeah the that's practical the thing. effects are brilliant. Yeah, did you know, yeah, did you know that all the way up until basically the movie was finished and in full post-production, they had always intended to use stop motion animation yeah, for the dinosaurs. Did. And they actually produced the full stop motion animation for the movie. Mm-hmm. And digital, uh, it was ILM said, I think we can do it better digitally. And Steven Spielberg went, no, not possible. You can't beat stop motion. And so they did. A, they just took some of the footage, ILM, and produced a reel of, of a, a CGI dinosaurs in a field. And Steven Spielberg saw it and went, right, scrap the uh, stop motion guy. And they actually told him to start animating the digital cats yeah. based off the real ones. And he still animated it like stop motion mm-hmm. and they fed it into the computer to make it digital. So, so it was the, a perfect melding it was of the, the old both, technique yeah. and the new technique that now is lost because everyone just goes here. We'll just automate everything. It's takes all keyframing now. It takes, oh, too, takes long too long to do yeah. that. Cost but they did much. it right. They did it real as best mm-hmm. they could and then utilize what was cutting edge technology. Nowadays, it's like what we have to do. What twenty five dinosaurs? That'll take like six weeks to render. Just what it, we'll do it last, and that's why the dinosaurs in the new movies don't even look as good as the one from twenty five fucking years ago. Yeah, exactly. Well, anyway, Wayne, well, you never told me your favorite uh, fantasy. Yeah, you'll go down that one. Yes, it is. He wants to be a butcher Wait. in Butcher's Alley. 
Oh, wait. No, you're right. Duh. It was Labyrinth. Wasn't that fucking my thing? I said what there was the really hard to choose, and there was a lot of them, but I did choose Labyrinth, yes. That's my that's my bad then. I spaced somehow. Oh, was that before we actually went live? Have any of us actually chose our spots for being live? Yes, Chris yeah. definitely did his. And I, I think you're right. I think you did say that, but it's because we got distracted by talking about effects. That's what threw me off. Um, I never mentioned mine. I'll tell you very quickly, unless you have a point to finish, Wayne, about effects. Nope. Nope. Okay. Um, for me, fantasy, one of the main things about fantasy is fairy tales. And uh, I think there's one movie that's a modern fairy tale that. Every time I watch it, it touches me deep in my soul. But there's a little tiny boy hiding inside me that's like, you know, can I come out to play? He comes out and cries about how beautiful the world is. And that's Edward Scissorhands. I think Edward Scissorhands is a perfect fantasy movie. It's very fantastically directed, beautifully told story, very touching, metaphorical and touching. And it Mm. always impacts me emotionally every time I watch it. And it's a perfect fantasy. I think there's been some very good modern fairy tales, but they're few and far between. I think this is the one of the only films I don't disagree with you, such, but I just think, oh, really? I just never saw the attraction of it. I never watched it. Got no in, interest in watching it. I have, just you, wait, have you seen it at all? No. And I've got no interest in it. Oh, well, then it. you can't judge. No, that's what I've just said. All right. I can't okay. exactly disagree with you but it's just one of those i go eh, really i'm very curious right because obviously certain things draw people to watch something and certain things draw people away from watching something what has made you never watch edward scissorhands i'm just curious i just thought when obviously i was when when films came out back in out my day and i mean trailers is what sold things for me mm. and that trailer was so boring oh uh, it does not have a good trailer Exactly. It's a, it's a typical 1990s. We don't know what to do with this trailer. And I'm sorry, but if a trailer didn't catch me eye, you were very rarely going to get me to watch it. And I've just never watched it and never been bothered by it. And nothing's really sold me since on it. I suppose the only reason I'm surprised is being a huge Beetlejuice fan and that being mm-hmm. his follow-up to Beetlejuice. I, I would have thought you would have seen it just because it was the same guy who did Beetlejuice. Yeah, but it wasn't Michael Keaton. It wasn't. It was now Johnny Depp. And the only thing I'd really seen Johnny Depp in was Nightmare on Elm Street. So I was like, Eh. Yeah, plus at the time he was very well known for like 21 Jump Street and being a heartthrob. He's not a heartthrob by any stretch in Edward Scissorhands. Which I gather just by what he looked like. Oh, I would definitely, I would love to get your opinion on the movie, Wayne, because you might be so cynical these days that you wouldn't appreciate it the way I appreciate it. It's true. But from a from a filmmaking standpoint, I think you still appreciate it's a well-told story and it's a good, it's a cute allegory. And there's some great things. Vincent Price is like one of his last roles ever in it. It's a it's really nice to see him go in it. No, um, Beetlejuice, there's a beautiful movie. fantasy film. Yeah, Beetlejuice is an amazing movie. Much more lighthearted and less uh touching than it's just fun. Hands. It's just a it's fun very, movie. very fun movie. Yeah, yeah. It's just a total fun movie. Have any oh, yeah. of you seen? It's from 1981. It's called Dragon Slayer. I think it's a Disney oh, come on. Do you, yeah. know what, do you know what blows me away with that? You've got a hero what? in that... If this is what I'm thinking of, you've got a hero in that film. Oh, it's not. It's not. I'm thinking of a different one. That's... Um, yeah. Forget that. No, I have no. seen it, but... <laughs> I was getting... No, no, I was getting the hero of him and I think um, Clash of the Eden. Titans mixed up. 
Oh, no, with Peter McNichol. It's yes. Just, I remember seeing that as a kid, and that's actually quite... Because when, when you see Peter yeah. McNichol now, when he was a hero and that, I'd say, really? <laughs> yeah. It's, but it's the thing is, it's still... Um, it's actually quite a frightening film. It's quite intense. When it first came out, it was a was it a Disney film, I think, wasn't it? I'm and sure everyone, it is, yeah. Oh, everyone, Disney, was, yeah. Everyone, ex, everyone expected one of the pictures for this like lovely one, and it wasn't. It was quite freaking, it was brilliant. It's dark, <laughs> it's, dark it's savage, it's brutal. It's But it's a fantastic film, and it's aged quite well. Yeah. As well, it's mm. um, it's well, oh, absolutely brilliant. It's movie. a Disney film at Willie as well, do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's one of those things. But um, no, no, oh yeah, Dragon's I remember when that first came out, mate. I really, really do. I was, like, say I want the pictures to see it. So, um, brilliant. There, there was a whole trend, like you were saying earlier about the '80s. There was a whole trend mm. back there of these kind of movies back to back, like uh, Krull and Beastmaster, the Conans, and, Red uh, Sonjas, Excalibur, yeah, Lady Hawk. Disaster movies as well, wasn't it at that time? Like I, I feel like I disasters, disasters came, came out in the, the end of the 70s. I think they came I'm back in the 90s. And things. Yes, that's exactly. what I was thinking of, the Tony Inferno. Mm. Mm. Yeah, that was more 70s, yeah. yeah. I think that was about 76, actually. Not really, 70, 74, 74. Was it really as early as that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and I mean, again, the 70s, yeah, you had the, the uh, what was the ship one? A side adventure. Oh, that that it, movie hit me hard as a kid when they have to go under the under the uh, under the, the water gap. And, oh, fuck! And then hell, you had um, Raise the Titanic. Um, they were all seventies. Oh, Christ, yeah, forgot about that one. Mm-hmm. But then there was a follow up to the Poseidon. I don't know if you ever knew that. Oh, yeah, yeah there's a, there is a With, it's Terry Savalas where he goes back and he makes somebody go hunting for the treasure, and that's like going going on the Titanic almost. Um, huh. trying to find all the lost treasure what people lost when it all went upside down I didn't know that one I will yeah. tell you though there's a good example of the old versus new the original Poseidon Adventure to me is a classic mm-hmm. um, I'll always I'll never forget the scene where uh, Gene Hackman is hanging Hackman. from the from the fucking um, oh I know what um, you mean uh, the, the way, the, for the doors yeah, and he, he's yeah. got to turn it, but the steam is hitting his hands. And yes. he's, he's got to lift with his upper body, and he knows he's going to die, and he saves everyone. Uh, do you know what I think was the next closest thing to that, which was a really good disaster for them? Mm. Daylight. I loved Daylight. That's Daylight. The, that's that was, that's just alone. It was, yeah. yeah. 19, it's like well, 96. Isn't it? Actually, do you know what? Can I just stop this here? I think we need this for another episode. We need a disaster. We really episode. do. We yeah. do. It's because true. there is yeah. some absolute brilliant disaster films mm. out there, volcano and everything like that. So yeah, Can I, I say this there. is one thing I love about doing movie madnesses is once you get into a good topic, it spawns other yeah, episodes. You can't help but just go off onto other mm-hmm. ones because there's so many good movies that are linked to other movies in different when ways. When I started, when I started saying that myself, as soon as I started talking about daylight myself, I was thinking actually I shouldn't be doing this. That's rewind. That's a separate episode for itself. Before we rewind, you want to hear a really funny story about daylight? Very short story. Go for it. Go on then. I went to go see uh, daylight in the theaters and movies 12 in Orlando. And I skipped it to go see true lies. No, I love it. Oh yeah. No, you don't. And I think everyone skipped it to see true lies. And I didn't see it until video. And I was so pissed at myself for not having seen both. Because it was such a good movie, but you could you could not watch True Lies. Well, nah, Bill, exactly. Bill Paxton and that was just class. 
Oh, he's yeah. fucking amazing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Love it. That whole movie's just a, yeah, tremendous. We'll do that on the action movies list. Uh, going back to fantasy um, and going very quickly back to what I was talking about, fairy tale fantasy. There's been a couple of modern fantasy movies that are fairy tales and very few, but they, they do happen. And I'm curious if you guys have seen and what you thought of some of the most recent ones. And the two that come to mind immediately for me is The Curious Case of Benjamin Button, from David Fincher, and The Shape of Water from Guillermo yeah. del Toro. Before I continue, I'm just going to say, I love both these movies, but Shape I'm- of Water... I've never known a movie more fucking divisive because I know people who like, uh, you know, Benjamin Button's okay or it's not okay or it's good or it's bad. But I know people who actively fucking hate The Shape of Water, whereas I watched it, I'm like crying in love with it. And it seems to me most men who watch it like it, but women seem to dislike it more. Like every woman I know doesn't like it. Shit, I don't get that. It's not one yeah. I've watched. It is on my list to watch eventually, but I've never watched it yet. It's, oh, oh it's a fantastic film. It's ben, amazing. Yeah. It's so beautiful. It's brilliant. But now watching, I thought, I enjoyed it, but I wouldn't have said it was brilliant. I'm just going to say, I saw Shape of Water with um, uh, Jim and Andy, who are also come on this show a lot, and we were all basically crying by the end, like, wow, that's a true love story. And then I saw it with Danielle, and she go, and she's just got a stern face through the whole movie. And in the end, I'm like crying. I'm like, what'd you think? And she's like, she fucked a fish frog. <laughs> and I'm like, no, she found true love in whatever form that love would take. No, she fucked a mutant. I'm like, Aren't okay. You've got, I mean, haven't we all exactly? <laughs> <laughs> it must have brought back too many memories for her. She couldn't appreciate the fantasy of it. <laughs> oh, Wayne, you've got to see Shape of Water. Have you seen Shape of yeah. Water, Liz? I've seen bits of it. Bits of it. I oh, can't quite bro. get into it, but I will, I will watch it again. I will watch I, it. I would, if you're a Gimeno del Toro fan in the slightest, I would definitely say you've got to check it out at some stage. It's a gorgeous movie. Gorgeous. Yeah. But if you're going to mention that one, you've got to mention Pan's Labyrinth. That that is. Yeah, I was going to mention that. I yes. I'm actually very surprised you didn't mention that. I'll be honest. Well, it's I'll only take... because it's older, and I was only talking about the modern ones. Because Pan's Labyrinth's what? Still... 2006. It's it's, well, it's still me, 15 years still... old. See, I go. I've got like a, a, in my head. I've got like a, a pre 80s. I've got like an 80s and 90s. Then uh, after 90s, mm. because anything after 90s mm. to me, you. Where anything 90s and 80s were like it's one little bubble, anything else is old. That's the way I look at stuff. I can't help. I, I just look at everything on decades. If it's 10 or more years, it's probably about the limit um, for what's classed as new. Like Benjamin Button's 12 years old. That's like right on the cusp of too old to be called new to me. Um, whereas obviously, Can I shape ask? Of, shape well, I'm of surprised there's one years. you didn't mention. I'm surprised there's one you didn't mention. What's Cloud Atlas? Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like I, that. Uh, the the reason he's bringing it up, Les, is I'm a huge Cloud Atlas fan. About I love like this all movie all the time. Trust me. But I don't count it as a fantasy. Well, well that's what I wanted to know. Did you, did you find it difficult to to actually realize the the actors who were playing the different characters in, in the different uh, in the four sections of the movie? I thought, oh, is that Tom Hanks or is that Tally Belly? I, I found most of it not a problem, except for. 
when you see the credits, I had not spotted Susan Sarandon as a teacher. I hadn't spotted like Halle Berry playing the the violin back in the in the slave days. Yeah. There's a few bits I'd missed, but there's a few I, I did pick up. But God damn it, I love Cloud Atlas. It's yeah. it's to me one of the best movies ever you, made. You talk, you're talking about people playing different roles to look no further than uh, Jim Carrey when he did the, um, the Scrooge. Oh, um... Uh, fucking! I know. I'm trying to think of its name. I can't think. Christmas, Christmas Carol. Carol. Yes, Christmas Carol. Yeah, but he was quite aided by CG in that because it's oh, all a CG still, movie. Still, he was absolutely. You still see him doing. Oh, he was great. Thing. Yeah, he performed really well in it. But you know, it was CG. We're, you know, Cloud Atlas is all yeah, but practical I still, makeup. I still didn't see him as all the characters. What he did though, it was still one or two. I thought, whoa, he actually did that one. Well, it's kind of like Tom Hanks when he did uh, Polar Express with the same director. Mm-hmm. He yeah, he played exactly. multiple characters throughout that, and they just yeah. threw him in because CG. Um, going going back a step before you mentioned Cloud Atlas, you were talking about uh, Chris had mentioned, or you might have mentioned Pan's Labyrinth. Yeah, uh, has everyone here seen that? Eventually. Oh, Pan's Labyrinth is brilliant for them. A lot of years ago. A lot of years ago. Yeah, Plans Labyrinth, I think, is an absolutely stunningly beautiful, again, fairy tale movie. And again, Diamondo del Toro, who I think is quite a, a pure auteur for, for these kind of things. Oh, oh, like, oh, oh. I thought he brought so much fantasy to Hellboy. Mm-hmm. Oh, Hellboy. Well, the second one, especially. Second well, one, especially. Uh, Tomorrowland. With George Clooney. I'm not, a, another I'm Brad not Bird movie. It. With George Clooney in it. Mm, that was different. That was good. I enjoyed that one. Yeah, I enjoyed it. I didn't think it was unbelievable, but I did think it was a very good movie. Mm. Again, he's a great filmmaker. But, I mean, you do Iron Giant and Incredibles, and then Tomorrowland, it's kind of like, yeah, it's yes. very good, but it's you're such a good filmmaker. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's like Steven Spielberg. When Steven Spielberg produces just an okay movie, you're kind of like, what happened? It, it, it'd be great if it was anyone else did it, because him and the bar is so high, you're like, yeah, it's okay. Like James Cameron, he's such an unbelievable filmmaker. Everyone knows him. He raises the bar, and then you watch Avatar, and you go, "Yeah, it's okay," because this is James fucking Cameron. This should have been the greatest movie I've ever seen in my entire life, forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's um, there's one I'm really well. We might have mentioned it if we have. I've missed it, so I do apologize if we have. Um, fantasy, never-ending story. Never ending story is a really interesting, <laughs> interesting like, movie. We, we haven't mentioned that, have we? I'm just no, we, we haven't. Thinking, no, we haven't. I'm really surprised that we had. I didn't think we had. No, we haven't. No, I I love Never Ending Story, and I I have you seen both versions though? Oh, the darker version, the is darker phenomenal. version. Oh my god! Sorry, there's there's two versions. Yeah, I oh, just picked up. There's, <laughs> there's an original. Is it Austrian or something? Is it what? What is it well, exactly? Yeah, the original movie, they, they added the American parts on. Uh, who is it that did the original? Is it I Gus Van Sant? Somebody or like Wolfgang that, yes. Peterson? Wolfgang Peterson. That's him, I think. It I was. feel like it, yeah, it's probably Wolfgang Peterson. I'm going to just quickly Google it because I don't want to fuck that up when I'm saying names. It is dark. Um, yeah. And it's it, brilliantly dark. Did no oh, don't get me wrong. Or an, a redo. Well, no, it's not even a redo. It's literally the original Never Ending Story. You know how it's got like, that really catchy song, you know, Never Ending Story. Yeah. Yeah. They weren't yeah. allowed to release it. It was that dark. Yeah, that version is the American version. Yes, that's the version that got um, released. But Wolfgang Peterson's original version that he created for the studio is much darker, has none of the... Like poppy music has none of the themes. Doesn't, it's doesn't really some of the, dark. Some of them die, don't they, and everything? 
like everyone fucking dies in the ultimate version yeah um there'll be a oh here it is right here the german version is 97 minutes long it was german it was german and it it is wolfgang peterson yeah the original u.s version is 90 minutes long uh some of the examples here is the U.S. version has the pop song by Giorgio Medora, Never Any Story, performed by Limal, whereas the other version has gloomy, <laughs> gloomy music played by Klaus Dodler to represent Bastian's dream about his mom as he wakes up. Uh, but yeah, if you read the descriptions on IMDb, they got a list of all the differences. The original German version is much darker, lots of death, lots of blood. Way darker score, way darker everything. And the American version went, right, let's make this much more of a happy story mm-hmm. and cleaned a lot of it up and changed a lot mm-hmm. of it for the international release. It's totally different, totally different. Um, yeah, even I'm just reading here, even here it says uh, there's entire sections that are cut from the American version. They had to for uh, the family release as such. Yeah. Now, what's funny is the first time I saw Never Ending Story, I saw the original version, um, and it was a subtitled version. Mm-hmm. Well, it will be, yeah. No, I think there is actually English dialogue in it because it's they use the American people for some of the stuff. But I think Atreyu was dubbed. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But you I, guys I remember it was subtitled. Never Ending Story 3 as well. Oh, yeah. Do you, not yeah know, do you not know who's in 3? James Richer? Yeah, Jack Black. Really? Yeah, very, very young Jack Black, and he's a he's a bit of a dick in it, to put it nicely. Yeah. Young Jack Black, he was always a dick. Even things like the Jackal, he was always. I a dick. saw that him in the Jackal. I thought, what a yeah. Why the yeah. hell did he get into that? Well, he was a nobody at the time, man. That was what ninety four. He didn't pick up Tenacious D probably till ninety seven. Mm. That's right. That's right. He was always doing bit parts till he got famous for his music and that, that's what really solidified him as a as a full entertainer but never Ending story um the second movie much more colorful and obviously capitalizing on the international release um and there was even like a bbc miniseries of it that that story's been told many times i mean it practically is a never-ending story i don't know why there's not a fifth one or a sixth one by now but yeah that was a good shout mentioning that one i just i was i was thinking that thing and I'm sure we haven't mentioned this. I was to be honest, to be honest, there's loads we haven't met. I mean, if you go, let's say we go pre eighties, you know, we haven't even touched base with like Wizard of Oz yet. Do you know what I mean? You haven't mentioned uh, Lion Witch in the Wardrobe or any of those carols. One million BC. You know, you've got there's loads you could go through technically. Well, the Uh, thing is, before Return to Oz, which is just brilliant. I mean, as dark fantasy goes, that's. Uh, I would I would bring that up for the audience who might not have heard that because yeah. you guys were talking about that before we started the episode. Yeah, not everybody's and I've not actually seen mm. that. Well, you not seen Tenors? Nope, never seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. It is actually it is really good, actually. It, 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 it did capture a lot of the elements of the original, but yeah. actually made it kind of darker as well. Yeah, not it's massive so different to Wizard of Oz. Yeah, it is. It's uh, the young girl is actually uh, Fabrizia Bulk. Yeah. All right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's one of our first rules she did. Um, but yeah, it is It is worth a watch. It is. It, I mean, I remember when Return to Oz first came out and, you know, you were like, yeah. What, uh, what year was it? 85. 85. I'll have to check it out. 85. Oh, I have not seen it. Absolutely superb. 
But again, if you if you go back before the year, there's, there's someone I'm going to bring up later on based on the Oz franchise, but I want to bring that up later. Um, one of the, I like to go back to like what really set us off on fantasy stuff, and I look at things like Willy Wonka and bed knobs mm. and broomsticks. And I know a lot of people say, mm. "Why is Willy Wonka a fantasy?" Because how it is. Um, Olympus. That's how really, really <laughs> um, Olympus. They've got to be fantasy. Um, and what I find funny about the the um, Olympus app when that film first came out, how many people actually scared of them? Yeah, um, I know a lot of people who don't like um, Olympus. Yeah, and yet I thought they made them way more. <sighs> than the book, I know what you're saying. I would I would say way less terrifying in the remake. Just by having not the colors, I think the color spectrum is what really does it. The fact they've all got that same clody color, you know, well, in the uh, original. So yeah, I just, I just want to see people's thoughts on that. And there's another one going back to the 80s. What, what, what's your thoughts on Harry and the Hendersons being fantasy? Uh, well, uh, you know what, man? Uh, it's a real tough call because that is such a cute comedy. And I think if comedy is such a driving factor, I got to call it a comedy over a fantasy. Okay, yeah, on about that then. There's a comedy which I would say is a fantasy. Mm-hmm. That's The Black Knight. The Black Knight. Is that um, uh, Martin Lawrence? Martin Lawrence. Martin Lawrence. Yeah. yeah. When he falls into the river and ends up in the, in the medieval times. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I suppose you'd have to. But again, it's just so comedy driven. I just call it, it a, is. a comedy it, setup. It is. But then, then, now, it, A Knight's Tale, much more of a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Would you? I wouldn't. I wouldn't call that a fantasy. How can you? Uh, not call they're it a reimagining modern songs in it. And yeah, everything. The, the a total singing, fantasy. It's like all the reality. Yeah, but this thing yeah, we wrote you and everything. Come on. Yeah, but putting a soundtrack over. Where? Where's the fantasy element? Where's the the monsters? The myth? The like? Where's the? You know, if you want a fantasy film along those lines with swords and stuff, you go Highlander. You know, I wouldn't yeah, say well, the Night's Tale is a fantasy. To me, Highlander. I, I, would be tempted to call Highlander a fantasy. Yeah, I do call Highlander a fantasy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Highlander is, yeah. You're Mad Max. Oh, that's okay. You're Mad Max films are fantasies. Oh, yeah, I wasn't saying Highlander wasn't. I was saying Highlander is, is the fantasy oh. film where I would say A Night's Tale isn't. But I am going to bring oh. my side up now. Oh, we got <laughs> so wait- far without him. I've been waiting for this one. <laughs> Space Hunter. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's not. It's not. Fancy. Why is who it a fantasy? Because who wouldn't want to be overdog with that maze of killing people? That's a f- pure fantasy in my eyes. I'm yeah, sorry. but just wanting to be it isn't doesn't make it fantasy though. It doesn't yeah, change. I, it's would my you fantasy. Call... <laughs> That's fair enough. It's my his personal fantasy. fantasy. I'm fine with that. That is a good, <laughs> a very, very good explanation. And I'm happy to take it. <laughs> so let's face it though Any Michael Ironside movie yeah. is your fantasy Yeah, Well just Michael Ironside is your I fantasy That's just, yeah The bit you don't see in Total Recall is After he gets his fucking arms ripped off Wade's at the bottom of the elevator shaft Getting ready to catch him yeah. Yeah. I go, no, no, It's no, okay no. Mike, I got you I haven't caught Mike Ironside I'm like, I've got his arms <laughs> 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 so I'll tell you a good one I watched recently well I thought it was good anyway I don't know about your take on it but um, it was a kids one I just I'd stumbled on I missed the first 10 minutes but I stumbled into it I got quite ended up getting quite hooked on it Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children <sighs> seen it I couldn't, seen it. I couldn't quite get away with it 
I, I haven't actually weird one. haven't actually watched it. But what's funny you mentioned that is I was gonna say if you think about it and look at all of his back catalog, Tim Burton has done almost exclusively fantasies, and he yeah. did obviously Miss mm-hmm. Peregrine's uh, mm-hmm. Children as well. Yeah, talking about children's ones. Has anybody seen the Spiderwick Chronicles? Seen it. Yeah, that's yep, a good one. I absolutely love that film. I'll be honest. I think it's brilliant. Ah, yeah, that is a I good one. It- I thought it was okay, but it was a bit disappointing that they never got to make it the franchise they wanted to be. Because obviously it was meant to be a franchise. Yes, I'm disappointed yeah. in that sense as well. I agree. Um, and it just kind of, you know, you can kind of tell it's leading to bigger things and then it just goes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But um, no, but I mean, they've done a few decentish ones after, like in the, in the latter years, but nothing to write on about, I don't think. Inkheart was okay. I, I didn't um, mind Inkheart actually. I haven't seen that. that it was all right. It was it was enjoyable, but it's forgetful at the same time. Um, Do you know what I think we're missing in this day and age? I think we're missing a return to classic for adults, bloody fantasy Conan films and stuff. Proper like that. Conan kind of movies. Because even did, if you look at the well, last one they did, look at the last it's one so they did. PG. It was, yeah, Everything terrible. is PG now. But we Have live in a society. Seen... One second, Chris. We uh-huh. live in a society where everyone wants to take everything as that's imitatable behavior. Mm. You can't do that. You can't go. Yeah. You can't shoot this guy. You can't do. Well, fantasy is one place you can say no, no, no. It's cool. You got beheaded. Mm. It's a fantasy, and I think that's what we're missing because. Again, going back to Tim Burton, one of the movies he made that I fucking love, absolutely love, is Sleepy Hollow. Mm. And the one thing he didn't yeah. shy from away in that is every beheading is like a good set piece. And it's fucking awesome. And I'm sorry, as soon as you get Christopher Walken with filed down teeth, screaming at people, just just knocking heads off everywhere he goes, you got a fucking good movie. Well, it's mm. funny because one film where I thought was going to do that back in like early 2000s, but totally failed on it, was Rain of Fire. Oh, Rain of Fire should have been a sort of a franchise. It had so many it, good elements. Yeah. I always remember watching the trailer and thinking this is going to be back to the proper really scary fucking dragons killing people. And I went to the pictures and thought, it's all right. Who was wasn't it? Yeah. It was just all right at best. The trailer is so good. The trailer is the best thing to watch. And Matthew McConaughey is so fun in it. But the movie itself is just like, let's sit around and talk about the dragons for an hour because we can't afford to show them more often. I'll and that you, pissed me off. Tell you Speaking, what's a good fantasy film go where it just literally is blood and guts. And it, most people I've spoken to said it's the shittest film in the world, but I just love it for its boldness and it's just fucking craziness. Hobo with a shotgun. See, I couldn't get away with it. I loved it. I, I watched like Where? 20 minutes of it and I just thought it was boring. Hobo with the shotgun, Liz. Never heard of it. Never it's Rutger Hauer. Um, and obviously Hobo speaks for itself. Um, and it's it's just this little story of him where he's trying to get revenge on these bad guys running the, the town. But it's set in the future and it's just, just so dystopian future and everything. It's, oh, it's just brilliant. I just thought it was too silly. It is too silly, but that's what I loved about it. Like it's it's uh there's silly and then there's deliberately slapstick silly. I mean, I mean you could easily put banana peel sound effects to everyone in that movie. But it kind of did take you back to the old classic 80s stuff. 
And that's what I, I loved I was, about this. I was more into and either one, the hard edge or pure comedy. And that and was the another one like that where it had a lot of blood and didn't shy away was Turbo Kid. Now, Turbo Kid, they had a better sense of what they wanted to be, I think. I think that movie knows what it wants to be, and it doesn't. You'll never guess who was in that one. Michael Ironside was in that one. (laughs) There's a shock. (laughs) (laughs) Did you you ever see Turbo? I saw Michael Ironside. If you want an eighties, well, like nineties actually, Tremors. You're talking about this Kevin Bacon Six Degrees. Is that fantasy? I I would say it is. I I wouldn't. You see, here's where we have a bit of an issue. Because if you go by Wayne's definition, I think it should be a fantasy because it's a monster movie. Yes, I know. But I count monster movies as separate if they're in the modern day, if it's a real life modern day scenario. And Tremors is very modern day at the time. However, they become more fantasyful as they go because they get stupider and stupider. They take a great concept and ruin it and run it into the ground. Yeah. Can you believe they're doing another one? Have you? I was going to say, have you seen the new one, number seven? Uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Which one are you on about here? Number seven. Which one though? Uh, where it's all frozen. No, no, they're doing what? another one. Ah, uh, well, hold on. What? They're what? now in Africa. They're now in Africa. Oh, oh f- fucking come on, man! I'm telling you, <laughs> they're now in Africa. That one in ice is the worst one they've done to this deer. It is fucking abysmal. I haven't even heard of that one. Um, but yeah, they've done they've done yet another one since oh, the oh okay oh right because they're doing all right so the one I saw it must have been pictures of Cold Day in Hell to promote yes. the new one number six is Cold Day in Hell sorry that's my right bad. I thought I thought that's yeah yeah but it looks- oh my God John Heather's in the new one mm-hmm. you know it's gonna suck mm-hmm. like the only continuing factor in all of these movies is Michael Gross oh, yeah, and-, and he is brilliant. Yeah, but he was even, good and all, but, but come even on, he man. couldn't save the last one because even his character was just so stupid and pathetic. Now, Tremors is a great example of how we've softened as a world. I feel it'd be pretty dirty because it's censored. There's many scenes. If you pay attention, you mm. can see they've redubbed them. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, it's clearly Humper, saying it? yeah. Mother Humper instead of Motherfucker constantly. Yeah. Um, and there's a few times when people get killed where you can see it cut early, and mm-hmm. there was obviously much more going on. Yeah. Um, I would love to see an uncut version of Tremors. Oh, I would can love you imagine? to. Oh. I bet that'd be fucking awesome. Sorry, guys. I've just I've got to get this one out of the way while I remember because I think Wayne will like Wayne. I, how you haven't got this one yet? Big Which, trouble in Little China. No, dude. Yes, definitely. Probably haven't come to it yet. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> I've I've got a list like a million mile long, e man. <laughs> <laughs> just while yes. we're on there, I just suddenly thought Walter Chang when he when it grabs him, I suddenly thought again. You know, it's like, like oh that is probably one of your pure fantasy films because it's taking a truck driver and he's just telling the story. But it's when all the mythical star comes in that's when it starts turning to fantasy. You see, because I would go at on. first at first it's just an action flick. It's a comedy action flick. But then when you start getting the monster on the truck and the monster in the sewers and all this stuff, that's when the fancy album comes in. I fucking love Big Trouble in China. I love it. It's an amazing movie. 
Kurt Russell's finest hour, even more so for me, even more so than the thing, because he got to have fun with it. Oh, yeah. Even more so than Snake Plissken, because he wasn't doing the voice. I just fucking love that movie. And it has so many, like you say, fantastic elements. And there was a few movies like that around that time. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? There was, again, it was that 80s trend. Like we said, 80s was the time for all this fantasy shit. Yeah. And it seems to really start to just disappear as we got to the 90s and things got more. And I, and I wonder if you can blame things like Die Hard because they started taking things more serious. All, before that, all these things were over the top. Look at Commando. Commando oh, yeah. has like a 750 person body count. Mm-hmm. And then you cut to just a few years later, he's doing a racer. It's like 10 people die. Mm-hmm. I think we, we got more real. And I don't think we should be real. Um, I'll tell you what was for me one of the best fantasy movies I've ever seen. And I know it's uh, very negatively viewed because it was animated. And it was it was trying to be adult animation. And I just feel, unfortunately, the world's still not ready for it. Beowulf. I fucking mm-hmm. love the Robert Zemeckis Beowulf from like ni- uh, 2006 or something. The, the the unrated version is tremendous. They're just biting heads off left and right. There's tons of fucking tits and ass, tons of blood, tons of everything. And yet it was a flop. If that same movie had been made live action, I think it would have been a huge success. Mm. It's, it's the fact they did like a, a Polar Express kind of thing with it, wasn't it? Yeah, the performance yeah. capture thing. It was ahead mm. of its time. Now uh, you can get away with that with the Marvel movies. Exactly. If you put a little bit of live action with it, it would have got away with it. Mm-hmm. That's what I want. I want those those old fantasies back, and it doesn't have to be graphic, like you said. Big Trouble in Chinatown. I, can I? The other day, I love the way y'all says Chinatown. Uh, sorry, sorry, go on. I know. I always say it wrong. I know. I'm fucking stupid. Big trouble, little China. I know. Well, it's I'm all right. You called it Pineapple Express in what in one in one of these episodes. No, it wasn't no. me. It was not me. It was, it not, was Wayne. not me. It was. I know the episode you're talking about. It wasn't Wayne. So that take was, that was back. Said I that. might let you off. Thank God. Different Wayne. I remember that happening because someone pulled me up about it. Yeah, I remember and that I, happening as well. Yeah, I had to look it up and find out who did it because I hadn't noticed. <laughs> That's the thing, you don't notice when you make a mistake because you're just running through things for fun. Here's the one. Anybody remember or even heard of a film called Solar Warriors? Now, Hank, you might struggle with this one. What was it called? Solar Warriors, but it was called something different in America. So, Are you saying solo or solar? Solar. It's oh, S-O-L-A-R. Solar, solar Warriors. No. In no, Amer- I don't know that one. In America, it was called Solar Babies, I believe. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> what? I'm telling you. I've just had a quick look on the internet. It's got a zero out of a hundred on Rotten Tomatoes. It must be yeah. a good movie. It's terrible, but it's fun. When it first came out in the in the eighties, I forget when in the eighties, it was um, some of the actors from um, Lost Boys. It All was, right. I believe, it's Jamie Gertz, and I believe it's Jason Patrick. Yes. It? Yep. Um, I've never seen this. And it's all about these warriors on roller skates, basically. It's, oh, it's, my God. Yeah, it's terrible, but it's fun. And it's typical. Yeah, it's, it's so oh, I have to see it. typical fantasy. It looks, like, it looks like a knockoff version of Rollerball. It kind like, of it's, is. It's like, a, it's, it's like a, uh, yeah, you're not an arena anymore. You just, it's, it's the whole world like that now kind of thing. And it's, I didn't think many I people would it. have heard of this. Um, but I, I, it's one I grew up with, like I said, and, 
and I knew you might struggle with hand because I'm sure in America it's called solar babies if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it is. But they, you know, you go back to things like um, Steel Dome with with um, what's he called? He's dead now, bless him. Patrick Swayze. You know, these kind of fantasy films were brilliant. Um, Red Dawn, you, know, you mean when? No, Steel Dawn. Red Dawn was totally different. Red Dawn was like you had Charlie. That was Shady. Russians inv- yeah. invading America. Steel Dawn was a futuristic film. Oh, okay. Steel Dawn. Steel oh, Dawn. Right. Yeah, Steel Dawn. Was, Still Dawn. No, no, Steel Dawn was a futuristic film with uh, Patrick Swayze. Um, oh. Again, hmm. one I haven't seen. Holy really? shit. Really? Like, God, I'm you I'm really surprised you haven't seen that. I one. love it when I don't know something. He's I love finding a, shit out. He's kind of a drifter in apocalyptic times, basically, and he comes across this little village and he he's ends got up. got a hell of a headband. I love it. Yeah, exactly. Hasn't he? Yes. Very oh. Uh And he ends up helping this little town out to grow the crops and everything, and they get invaded by the bad. It's very stereotypical 70s, you know, fantasy, futuristic film, basically. Um, mm. You know, then you look at things like, I know, Cherry 2000, which is terrible, but oh. brilliant. It's, oh, you know, it's, 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 is that the sex robot that, that blows up or something, isn't she? Something like that, yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. You know, you, you go back to the 80s now, you just had you can see people were just having so much fun. But he's not included, stuff like that. Do you know what I mean? Oh, you see, that's that's the thing. I think what it boils down to is we don't have the fun now. It's too serious oh. now, isn't it? The whole thing is too serious now. Yeah, and, and, and when you do go for fun, it's for me, it's just the wrong kind. It's not like the movie itself is fun. It's that the characters are fun yeah. in the sense of like, you know, Thor Ragnarok. I, I, it was just too much of a comedy, you but know, it wasn't if, the kind where the, it was it was not world building in the way these older movies just had if, a general sense of fun. If that hadn't been oh. Thor, it might have worked better. But because we knew Thor for who he was, it didn't work. Mm-hmm. But well, not for me, s- but it worked for everyone else. But had it <laughs> been some new, you know, like you say, Jack Burton, but not Jack Burton. If it had been some new hero, it might have worked. Because then you've got this new hero who was a bit of a slapstick, who was a bit of a hero, who was a bit of a hard man. We can accept him now. But thought it wasn't like that, you know. Um, the only one I've seen like that recently was Lockout. Is it Lockout? I loved Lockout. And with Guy Pearce? Guy Pearce. I loved that film, actually. Well... There's a very interesting story attached to Lockout, or is it Lockout or Lockdown? It's Lockout, isn't it? It's lock, he didn't. Lock. He didn't nearly did her a hand job once. It's he actually called. <laughs> can I? Can I get this right? It's actually called Lock Up. Is no, it it's lock, called Lockout. Lock I just googled it. Well, it must have changed it because when I first came out, it was Lock Up. The guy, the one with Guy Pierce, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah. I always got mixed up with um, the eighties Lock Up. Yeah. No, it's called Lockout here. It doesn't have mm-hmm. any other... It might have been called different things that it just might not be telling me, but mm-hmm. here's a funny story for you. Did you know that Lockout, when it came out, they were sued by yes, John I Carpenter? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. That's right. Because was, he said it was, it was a ripoff of Escape from New York. And it was... He had a, a third installment. Similar mm-hmm. that was the the third installment was going to be Escape from Earth. Mm-hmm. But he never got to make it And so he argued that they had plagiarized Escape from Earth And Escape from New York and Escape and from they LA did, they, did, they didn't even contest it, did they? Nope, they won in court And they were uh, they were given uh, damages yep. Which were 450,000 euros Surprised yeah. it wasn't more than that If they held their hands up to it Well, I think the movie wasn't enough of a success Yeah, it wasn't mm. 
But Luke Besson fought it like crazy because Luke Besson wrote it. Well, if you go on down that road, Fifth Element. No, do Oh, Fifth yeah, Element. Class. But again, that's, I call that a sci-fi. Yeah, but I, I love Fifth sci-fi. Element. Golden Child was more of a fantasy than Fifth Element. Oh, brilliant. Oh, one. Golden Child. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love stuff like that. Saddam Numsi. That's what I'm saying. Brother Numsi! Brother Numsi, me! God bless the Lord. That's the word. That's the word. <laughs> awesome. Uh, but you could you could go on forever with different films, what have been classics, like going back, like I said earlier on, the Beastmaster movies and all that kind of stuff. Oh, you could. Super, don't you feel like we're missing these now? Super Mario just, Brothers uh, to me was one of the last classic fantasy films. That along with the Page Master and stuff like that. Um, See, I think the only modern, fa- modern, modern fantasy a lot of people would argue, I think, is like the Harry Potter franchise. <sighs> but I mean, I would, I, I don't know. I know a lot of adults like them, but I'd argue those are clearly aimed only at children. Yeah. Just like you know, as much as I enjoyed Shark Boy and Lava Girl, it was aimed at kids. Mm-hmm. Oh God, Shark Boy and Lava Girl, <laughs> fuck me! I have not seen that in so long. Oh fuck! I tell you what, you you mentioned a title of this episode to me early on, and that's just reminded me of a film. Funnily mm-hmm. enough, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. yeah. What do you think of that film? Jeremy Irons was good. No, what? <laughs> I actually was pleasantly surprised by it. I thought it was better than what it was because I was expecting a massive pile of turd. They did a couple of them. Did, they did a couple of them, didn't they? The second one is a massive pile of turd. Yeah. But the, the first one, I actually quietly enjoyed. I wouldn't say it was brilliant. I will never say it's brilliant or fantastic or it's up there with the best, but I did enjoy it. It's it's not it's it's watchable, yeah. I tell you what, I did watch the other day, which I was I I, I really didn't want to watch it, and I just somebody had sent it was oh give it a go. Have you seen Bright on Netflix? I love. I Bright, really actually. enjoyed Bright actually. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, the the trailer for that really put me off, but I actually sat and watched it, and I fucking love that. I that was pretty when... savage. That was brutal. There's you know. Yeah, I really enjoyed Bright. Yeah. I watched it when it first came out. You know. Gods of Egypt. I, that was that was an okayish one. Um, which one was? So Gods of Egypt. Gods of Didn't Egypt. Go away with it. No. Yeah. I recall that one. You've never heard of it. No. Gods of Egypt. Wasn't that Alex Proyas? Yes, I believe it was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I love him, but I I couldn't get away with the movie. It was alright. It was um, Gerard Butler as the bad guy. Yeah, I can't um, get away with him in general. Dude. I'm going to literally whiz through a few of the new ones. What people might or might not know. The Great Wall. Yeah, I didn't mind that one. I actually enjoyed it. I thought it was all right. Um, Matt Damon. I thought it was okay. Yeah, it was okay. I'm saying it's not brilliant, but it was okay. Warcraft had so much potential, but just didn't. Zero interest. I watched five minutes and was just like, oh, it's a cartoon. Turn it off. King Arthur was way more fantasy than what the normal King Arthurs were. Can't um, stand anyone in it, so I left it. I don't know. I don't I mind Charlie Hunnam. I think Charlie Hunnam's all right. Uh, Fantastic Beast, which... Spin-off from Harry Potter, which... Yeah, it's a spin-off from yeah. Harry Potter. Um, damn like you. R.I.P.D. I enjoyed. Yeah, I didn't mind. I like that one. Uh, yeah. Oz, the, the new Oz film, I thought was absolutely phenomenal, especially in 3D. Actually, I, I love that. Yeah, that was a really good movie. Yeah. Which one were Oz. The Great and Powerful. The Great and Powerful. Yes, I didn't mind that. 
Didn't mind that one either. Um, anybody seen Hansel Gretel Witch Hunters? Witch Hunters. That's brilliant. It is good. Is, it? Um, Jeremy it's, Renner and Gemma um, Arterton. It's, it's just fantastic. A, it's just a bit of fun, and I like it. It is kind of a bit of a throwback. It's where it's just took two characters who were well known and had a bit of fun with them. Yeah. And they don't tone that down see, either. They go. I've not seen that either, so I added that to my list. I love it when you guys give you me movies love, I haven't seen. You'd love that because they don't. They don't dumb it down for kids. No, or they don't. Correct. Yeah, they, they don't. do go all out. Fam Jansen's so a brilliant witch in it. So it's better than the uh, the Grimm brothers. Yes. Yeah. Good. The brothers Grimm. Yes. yes. I, I, the I brothers like Grimm. That. I like that one. I thought it was okay. Yeah. Sorcerer's Apprentice. Nicholas Cage. Hmm. Don't know that one. Oh, really? actually, I thought that was cute. The the, the live action remake. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, no, that right. was a, It was cute. It, it was brilliant, silly. but it was exactly that. But exactly it's Nicholas Cage. He automatically it's gets a pass out of everything. He did Primal, and I just was like, oh, I'm in because he's in it. Gulliver's Travels. I didn't actually watch, so I can't comment on that one. I love the mini series from like the '90s. I think it's Ted Danson. Is it yes. the original? Jack Black yes. was in it, wasn't not, he? I yes, didn't he was. like Jack Black's version. And I you know the trailer Jack Blackie. Yes, exactly. The trailer put me off totally. Uh, it's like The Rock. I really can't stand The Rock because he plays nothing but The Rock now because he's so popular. Mm-hmm. But back when he first started, he was doing shit like Doom and Walking Tall and trying his hand at new right. things. That's right. And he became The Rock. Well, Jack Black unfortunately became Jack Black. Yes, he did. Where he just started being nothing but Jack Black, and I, it turns me right off. I couldn't agree more. But before we shut down, there's a uh, couple. Yeah. There's a couple of things I want to bring up because they're not exactly. It's not your tea, is it? No, I don't have that. <laughs> um, there's two exactly things I want to bring up as well. Chips, see, where, chips, see if you border on it. These are not exactly classed as movies. They were like uh, short <sighs> miniseries. Yeah, miniseries is probably the best way to put them. I bet he's going to mention one of the I'm best mention- miniseries ever made. Yeah, quite possibly will, but I'm going to leave what I think is the best one to last. So the first okay. one on my list is uh, The Magical Land of Leprechauns. It's just a cute, crazy little thing with Randy Quaid, Whoopi Goldberg, Roger Dalton, and Colin Maney. Um, That's quite uh, a collection. I've never seen that. Uh, yeah, um, I only I I only saw it by accident. Now, if I'm not mistaken, this is actually by the Henson people. I'm not so hundred percent on that mind, but it's basically where Randy Quaid goes across the island for some inheritance, or he, he's got this built like house over there somewhere, and these little leprechauns living in his house. And uh, uh, I don't, I'm not going to spoil it because everyone's watching, but it's just a good family piece of fun, basically. There's another one with Sean Connery in it as well. If he is, I don't know about that. Uh, I know what you're thinking. It's something in the little people, isn't it? Darby it's O'Gill. an older one. That's it. Darby O'Gill. It's, yeah, yeah that's I remember that. What's it called? Darby O'Gill and the Little People. I think that's on Disney Plus right now. I'm going to have to look at that one. I know that's an old Disney movie. The next one for <laughs> me um, is Dorothy and the Witches of Oz. Not seen it. I'll be You're honest, cracking out all the ones I haven't seen lately. Well, when I first saw this advertised, because um, I think it's only the last 10 years, this one, I was sold immediately just by some of the actors in it, basically. Michael um, Ironside? No, funnily enough. <laughs> what? No. Lance Henriksen. Oh, yeah. 
like my Jeff, says, dad. Jeffrey Coombs. <sighs> nice. Like Mike Lionside's brother. Um, Christopher Lloyd. Fucking love Jeffrey Coombs. You know, Mia Sarah, Sean Aston, uh, Billy Boy, just a whole range of people in this. And it's, what I liked about it is it actually portrayed the story of Dorothy, but in modern day and mm. not in Oz. It's actually in New York. And the witches are now living in New York and they're trying to seduce her to their side kind of thing. And it's just all this little magical stuff's going on. Do you know what? It's just a really clever little miniseries. It's really worth giving a watch because it's just not what you expect. It's kind of a little bit of the next thing I want to mention. You can take elements of the 10th Kingdom in uh, Dorothy and the Witches of Oz. Now, 10th Kingdom... If anybody hasn't seen this, then they just the heads dropping off because they've missed an absolute classic. <laughs> it is just phenomenal. It, I remember when this first came out, and I saw the, the adverts, and that this really, really, really did tip me back. These like your labyrinths and all this stuff, and you know, I thought nah, they couldn't have done what I think they're doing, but they did, and it was just brilliant. You've got Diane Weiss from The Lost Boys. You've got Scott Cohen who just pulls off the... It's, he's got, it's got to be his performance of his life. It is just phenomenal. He plays this half, half man, half wolf. This is what I assumed you'd be talking about. This is an absolutely amazing miniseries. Ed O'Neill plays a troll mm-hmm. along with... Uh, for, for English actors, along with Jimmy Neal. Um, Rutger Hauer is just this hunter from hell. He's just brilliant. Uh, and it's even got your yeah, cameo from Wild Davis, if anybody's bothered by that. But honestly, it's it was just well, brilliant. you it British just... people will love that Jimmy Nail plays a troll in it. I've said that. Oh, did you? I must have missed. Did you? <laughs> I, I understand the English. I thought I thought you said Ed O'Neill. I, and then I says for you English people, yeah. I says you, you said exactly shit. what I said. You said exactly what I said. Wow. You bust on, you bust on fire me. You literally bust on fire me. What the Hank's fuck? Hank's got Hershey's on the brain. <laughs> I do. I'm sorry. Uh, by the wow. way, guys, See, just you. to jump in before it go, before we go, is mm-hmm. that Leprechaun movie with, with Sean Connery was Darby O'Gill and the Little People. That's what I said. Oh. Did you? Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all just not wow. even listening oh, to each other now. Holy shit! Back, Has anybody ever seen Tenth Kingdom? That's a fantastic movie. Just come out and go fuck yourself. I haven't ripped anybody off yet. You oh, bastard! What the fuck is going on? How, how about where Hank? How about Zados? Oh, we're uh, yeah, Sean Connery in a fucking speedo. Yeah, Hell yeah, man. Yeah, that was weird. All about it. That was weird. If, if I am want, all about it. If you're going to go down Sean Connery, look at Outland, but then that could become sci-fi. Yeah, definitely, I would say that's sci-fi. sci-fi. Yeah. yeah, I would say that. Now, okay, uh, without busting firing anyone, uh, <laughs> to recap, Wayne is right. In my opinion, Tenth Kingdom is one of the greatest fantasy stories ever told. It takes Cinderella, Snow White, and all those other stories you know, and subverts them in such fun, exciting ways. And again, Scott Cohen, like he says career-defining performance as the wolf. I mean, he's fucking oh, incredible. He's just, uh, yeah, yeah. Like, it is one of the great shames in life that he didn't get to be a bigger star based on how fucking good he is as the wolf. I honestly don't think anybody else could have played it as good. Oh, no, he was just... Oh, it was incredible. Uh, so, yeah, it's 10 hours that is one of the best miniseries ever made, in my opinion. 
Um, now, here's a classic fantasy story that I loved as a kid. I've got a little story to go with it. Um, the Witches. The witch, I was mm. going to bring that up, but I thought I'd leave it. Yeah, The Witches. The first time I ever came to England as a kid, I went to South Key and went to the hotel they filmed The Witches in because I was such a fan of the movie. I had to see it, and I went there. And it was fucking nothing like the movie. Like, it was just yeah. the exterior. The interior was completely different. It was devastating. I had such a bad impression of things. The reason I bring up The Witches is, did you know they've done a remake? With I Robert knew they were going to do one. I knew they were doing one, but I didn't know they'd done it. I am very excited by the remake because instead of doing it like a remake of the movie, they're doing it based more on the original book. And now it takes place in the 60s in the deep south with a black family coming across white witches. I mean, I love Robert Zemeckis anyhow, so... Yeah, I think it, it sounds tremendous. Uh, the lead witch is Anne Hathaway this time. I can see her as a witch, actually. I don't really rate her as an actress much, but I, I don't. Her witch but if, okay. if they do the kind of makeup they had on... Um, uh, who who played the original witch in uh, uh, Angelica, Angelica Houston. Houston? Angelica Houston. If they do a makeup job as good as what they did on Angelica Houston, that'll be a movie that's just fucking yeah. amazing. So I'm excited for that. Uh, before we close down, because we've let this run quite a bit, I wanted yeah, to bring have. up just a couple of titles um, in a rapidish succession. Uh, there are movies I think people may have missed. You know, fantasies that I think went under the radar now. Some of them are classics, but some of them are more modern. Stardust. Did you ever watch yes, Stardust? Yes, you know what? Good. I knew, love that. I actually it, knew you would bring this one up. It is an amazing fantasy movie. A brilliantly a Neil Gaiman novel. It's a great novel to read, by the way, if you ever want to get into good fantasy, you want to just look at all the Neil Gaiman stuff. Wasn't it Jonathan Ross's um, wife who, uh, she did, did she do the screenplay for it? I wouldn't know what his wife's called. I can't think. Jane Goldman. That's right. Oh yeah. yes, the, yes she did. Yes, yeah, you're Star, right. Stardust and uh, Cloud Atlas was the two I knew you would bring up. Yeah. Well, Star I wasn't going to bring Cloud Atlas up, but yeah, any excuse to talk about Cloud Atlas, I'm happy. <laughs> now going to classics here, um, a couple of Terry Gilliam movies: The Adventures of Baron Munchausen and oh, Time Bandits. One that. Both really good classics that I think the effects in these movies are so standout amazing for the time and period they were made. I would definitely suggest people watch those. Time Bandits. Time Bandits is another phenomenal movie. And I nearly brought it up earlier when you were talking about dwarfism. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's, that's, that's a well. great movie. I, I know Danielle wanted to be on this episode and she couldn't make the timing. So I'd be remiss if I didn't mention one of her favorites because I'm sure she would have brought it up. Matilda. The mm -hmm. 1996 version directed by Danny DeVito. Yeah. That is an absolutely lovely little movie. Very sweet, exciting movie. And I think that everyone should watch that. And then finally, a movie that, much like I said earlier about um, Edward Scissorhands, that just touches me. And every time I watch it, I get upset. I get like teary. It really hits me home. And the reason for this movie is, it reminds me so much of like, you know when you're a kid, and the world seems so full of possibility and magic. And then he, as you get older, it starts to get stripped away. Mm. This movie to me is the original filmatic embodiment of that concept. And it's where the wild things are. See, I couldn't quite get it. I don't recall that one. It's 2009. It's based on the old uh, children's book, the animated children's book, um, Where the Wild Things Are. And it's about a young boy 
who goes to, he gets upset with his parents because they're getting divorced and he runs away to the land of wild things where he's the wildest thing there. And it's all about giving up your imagination. Uh, Spike Jones directed it based on Morris Sendiak's book. And it is just such an incredible fucking movie. I cannot stress enough how much I love it and how brilliantly, again, it's a movie based on the level of metaphor in there, how it impacts you, not the characters. You know, like like Benjamin Button's the same. It's not so much about watching Benjamin's story. It's how his story relates to your life and the events of your life. Um, but I I can't stress it enough. I think it's a beautiful movie. And one of James Gandolfini's last roles as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can understand why you wouldn't get away with it, Wayne. Most people seem to have not enjoyed it or not watched it, um, which is why I wanted to bring it up because I think it is a tremendous movie that's overlooked, very overlooked. Like, I'm just quickly looking on Rotten Tomatoes here, and while it was critically acclaimed, audiences don't seem to have cared for it. It was like, it's got 50% approval, and I, I'm one of the audience that loved and yet, it. And yet the book actually did really well, if I'm not mistaken. The book is one of the most quintessential children's books of all time. I've got a copy in my library, and I'm not a fucking child, but I have it because it's such a memorable thing from everyone's childhood. I know very few people who didn't get it read to them as a kid. But much like uh, we talked in the previous episode about how Mario Brothers, you watch the movie and you look at the game and you go, how the fuck did they do that? Mm-hmm. This expands that story in so many ways and makes it bigger. And it's all about that last moment of childhood before you become an adult and see things for what they really are. And that you can't run away from how hard life is. That's what I take from where the wild things are. You can't run away from how hard life is. And I swear to God, I saw it in the movie theater I was in buckets of tears by the end, not because of the movie, how the movie made me feel. I would recommend it. Any other, any recommendations for you guys before we go? Um, yeah, a couple. Um, I, Bring them on, Chris Air. I mean, I, I don't know whether you guys have seen them or not, but there's two currently, you can get them on Netflix at the minute. Um, one is Cold Skin. Have you seen that? Fella goes to to go sort of help uh, he's, there's a guy who runs a lighthouse he goes on this island to caretake after this little shack that I think they're doing science experiments or something like that or he's weather weather reporting that's it he's a weather yeah. weather forecaster for it and he start and he talks to this guy in the lighthouse and this guy says um, you need to keep your lights off at night keep your doors locked and he's like well we're the only two people on this island what are you on about and I'll not spoil it for anybody who wants to watch it but it turns out there's other things on this island and it's kind of how they interact with them Hmm. Um, I remember seeing the trailer and it looks good it is I I love it it's quite it's it's very off fantasy so it's not your typical one but I did really enjoy it yeah and the other one which again some might argue isn't a fantasy um, and it's not for everybody as it's as it's a subtitle film but Trollhunter Trollhunter yeah absolutely I remember that 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 that's gotta be 20 years old now isn't it uh, oh goodness, something like that. Yeah, um, it's again, it's very much. Oh, for ten those who years haven't old seen it, shit. It's, it's it's done in the style of like a found footage film, mm-hmm. but not shit like those ones. That was the thing that always put me off about it. Oh, it's brilliant! It's it's a, it's basically this documentary. These three university kids uh, go to film a documentary. Start following this bloke. It's set in. Is it is it um, Finland? It's set in. It is, isn't it? Um, I think where they start following this guy around and it turns out he's a troll hunter for a living. Mm. 
And you actually see, they don't shy away from showing any of these things on the screen. And the CG for them is fantastic. It's not gimmicky. It's not cartoony. It's done really well. And it's quite quite an intense film in parts as well. Um, But yeah, that would be one I would have. That's rapidly become a favourite of mine. Mm. And the only other one I would say is, again, is it's a subtitle film. (laughs) Is Oh, fuck. I forget what the name of it is now. Um, it's about Santa's. What the oh, What the hell do you call it? Um, you you probably know this one, Hank. If I describe it, it's where this young kid goes to. Uh, they basically find Santa. Rare exports. That's it. Rare oh exports. yeah, the the um, isn't that like a Japanese film or something? No, again, I think it's like sweet, uh, Finnish or Danish. Like I know that. it's, I know it's um, not Western, yeah. But again, it, again, it's about this kid who friends of his start going missing, and he figures out that it's actually Santa kidnapping his friends. <laughs> and there's this whole story of like them trying how Santa's actually demon um, that these people have to try and appease. And it's re- it's a, it's a fun little film. It's a really fun little film. Mm-hmm. Again, subtitle not to everybody, not for everybody, but if you can get away with them, well worth a watch. And last one would be Mortal Kombat, just for the crack. Yeah, Mortal Kombat's class. If you want to, if you want to switch your head off and watch, just watch shit happen. Mortal Kombat. I'll, I'll very briefly before we finish up, um, I'll tell you what you should watch, Chris. If you like Mortal Kombat, is recently for the tw- uh, for like the thirtieth anniversary of the movie coming out, or some shit, or twenty fifth anniversary. They had Robin Shu and Lyndon Ashby get together and play Mortal Kombat together, the originals. Class. And oh, brilliant. Lyndon Ashby fucking kicks Robin Shu's ass, man. He's <laughs> he's like, come on, Liu Kang, what's going on? He's like, sorry, Johnny. Jeez, I ain't played this in a while. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Um, they tell some good stories about the production of the movie as well. It's it's a good interview. Uh, Les, any good suggestions for the fine folks at home listening? Nope, can't think of any. No, uh, not at the moment. Well, I've, no, guys, I've got yeah. a couple more to mention before we go on. I've got Last Starfighter. Oh, yes, that was good. I enjoyed that. I, I, can't, I see, I can't it's not sci-fi, sci-fi, but it's a great sci-fi. movie. It's, it's a not great sci-fi movie. Yeah. Because it's a guy who plays a fucking arcade on Earth and then suddenly ends up playing the game in real life in space. Mm. Tell me that's not fantasy. That's total sci-fi because we all know that video games were given sci-fi. to us by aliens anyway. Well, it's a funny um, sci-fi. Jumanji. Yes. Now that's a great movie. Mm-hmm. Good call. Ah, I'm, are you stipulating only the original? Oh, Jumanji and Zathura, I like. Um, and I love Zathura as well. And even the new one, I didn't mind. Oh, I couldn't get away with the new ones. I hated all of them. Mark Kids like was scared crap out of the uh, Zathura. I bet Zathura is very, very, very crazy. My kids loved it. Uh, Hook. Hook's brilliant. Hook is an amazing movie. And then two, which is probably on the borderline, Bedtime Stories. The reason I class that as a fantasy is just because of all the stories he tells, which are totally fantasy. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's very, it's very Princess Bride-esque in the sense and, he's telling stories. Yes, here. exactly. And uh, yeah, come on, Sam Sander. I would what, call that fantasy. Yeah, I'll I'll Stranger Things. Is that coming with? That's a TV show. Ah. Well, I would only say but, Stranger Things is just a huge homage of the eighties. Anyway, it's it a ripoff yeah. of lots of stuff. And the I thought the first season Super was great. Eight, but, Super Eight. That was a good movie. Yep, Super 8, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
Another spear. Well, well, that was Spearberg, wasn't it? No arguments. No, yet. he produced it. It was JJ. He Abrams. produced it. Yeah, he did. Right, Abrams. Mm. And the last one from me, which I cannot believe we haven't actually touched base. Now, yes, some of you might think it's sci-fi. It's to me, it's a cartoon <laughs> made into a film. It takes place on Earth for the majority of the film. It's fantasy with a bit of sci-fi. He man, Master Universe. Ah, oh, Master Universe. No, I actually just watched this the other day. Frank Langella's best role ever. And yet, sadly, when you look at these effects now, his effects has dated a little bit. You, can, you know, you can see it's a mask and everything, but it's still brilliant. His character. Oh so no, it's his performance, not the mask. Performance, yeah, yeah his performance. it's so good. It's one of those where I've, I hate to admit, but maybe we do need a remake of that film. Even though I love that film, I thought. Well, Dolph, they've been talking Dolph about it for years. Dolph Lundgren was perfect as He Man, and you know Frank Langella is. The cast was just absolutely spot on, but that way. Um, but it has dated a little bit in places. But I just love that film. Absolutely. Well, I, I think it dated itself by the fact that it came to Earth in the first that's, place. Well, We've talked what, about this before. Whereas it wasn't it the fact that I would like to see a proper auditoria he um, Man, Master yes. of the Universe movie. At Castle Grayskull. Mm. At Castle Grayskull, Snake Mountain, all yeah. that stuff. I would love to see that with a and proper, with real the, fucking scary skeleton. technology. Uh, who would you say is Hey Man though? Is it Days movies? Days actors? Hate. They'd probably cast The Rock or something nah. like that. Nah, I'll go for Hemsworth. Yeah, could be a good call. I can see Hemsworth doing Hey Man. You know what? Yeah, I'm. I'm not against that at all. I'm not against that. I think that's that's actually a pretty good shout because he's got the body for it. Next, he's got the. Yeah. The personality for it, he's you know who the, I would have jawline, everything. You you just argue he's too old for it now, but I just love the man so much I can't help but say he should do it anyway. Is Hugh Jackman with a good blonde wig? Because <laughs> 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 I fucking you, love you, Hugh Jackman, you, man. You, he's you, a you, legend. No, 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 you missed the you missed the trick there. Hugh Jackman is man at arms. <gasps> that's, no, that's. You're right. You know what? Exactly. I know I'm right. In fact, Chris Evans is He-Man. Possibilities. Because mm. I think Chris, Chris Evans, Evans is... Yeah, mm. man. Maybe. Because he's buff enough for it. He's got to get him with a uh, long wig. I don't, think, I don't think he's got the square, square features. Though. No. has got... That's the only thing. He's ripped, but he's not, he's not of the size that He-Man would need to be. Yeah, but he's gorgeous. <laughs> Although I think he would do I think he would do quite well when he does the Prince Adam setup when he looks as camp as a raw tense in his pink shirt with his curt with his blonde curtains. I think he would quite get away with that. Biggest At, one is though he would have what? a skeleton. Hold on. Before you continue that thread, I'm gonna I'm gonna say a name that's gonna shock everyone in the room. But I was just flicking through a couple of photos here and it reminded me he exists, and I went, you know what? Yeah, I can see it. Go for a young in his prime, he man, Zach Efron. Nah, too big. I can see it. Too big. No, mm. Zach Efron's got a fucking rocking bod, and he's a good-looking dude. And he's actually not a bad fucking actor either. Mm. I I would have never thought I'd say that, but I no, really right. do think I he's agree. really good. 
I agree, he's not a bad actor. Because mm-hmm. you might be thinking of Zach Efron from his early work when he was no, like a no, little no, Disney no, boy, no. more more modernly, like an no, extremely no. wicked and shocking and stuff, and, and neighbors. Um, yeah, I think he could pull it off. I think Zach Efron is my pick for He Man nowadays. Mm, I don't know. But when it comes to Skeletor, well, fuck me. <sighs> They're big shoes to fill. They are big shoes to fill. And I would, in honesty, I'd be quite truthful. I'd want to see it as a mixture of performance captured CGI, Gollum esque. I like, like Bill Nye did for, um, for Davy Jones, because I'd like to see Skeletor. An actual fucking skeleton. skeleton. Yeah, it's got. I'd be. like to see yeah. the actual bone structure move for the emotions mm-hmm. the way they did in the old cartoon. That's what I'd want. So if that's the case, for me personally, I'd want someone you would never expect. Well, I would like Alan Cummings to play Skeletor. I can no, 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 no. Actually, I can say that no, because I was thinking of somebody like Steve Buscemi or somebody. I want. I was really thinking of somebody you would not think. Of. Yeah. An over-the-top mm-hmm. actor who would bring about a, a really dark comedy, and yeah. Alan Cummings would be fucking spot on. For I agree, that. Alan Cummings would be good at. So yeah, I'd, I'd, like I say, I was thinking along the lines of Steve Buscemi. So yeah, I can say that. Mm. So if anybody out there's listening, we've come up with a perfect, you know, cast for you. Let us make it. Just surely staring for Evelyn. Well, yes, I can say that, but. I always look at the Evelyn from the 80s and it's the eyes what did it for me. And the chick out of um, San Andreas, I think, has the eyes for that. I don't know who that is. I can't Gina, Scott. is it Gina? Um, I don't know you uh, know. Oh, okay, okay. No, 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 no. Okay, I got it here. This is the one. I don't even know who this is. Emma Stone. Emma Stone is Evelyn. Yeah, I can see that. I was just thinking that. I was just thinking about. I can see I that. I bet you were. Yeah. Unrelated to no the movie. You know. some more tissues. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did see the episode's fantasies, so you're not right. Damn. I was thinking, the I would I fucking like that movie. She's called Alexandra Daddario or something. I don't think I know her. I never well, saw if, San Andreas. If you look, she was in, have you seen the new Baywatch? No. No. Let's have a look see she's in. But Zach yeah. Efron's in there. You, know you know who I think would do a good Eva Lynn? Eva Green. Yeah, I like her. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be good. Eva Green, because yeah, she's, she's, got, she's got the attitude and the style, and she does fucking evil. And she's got well. the eyes. She she's got the eyes, but doesn't she? Yeah. I think Eva Green would be fantastic doing that. Mm. You've seen no. the American Horror Stories, haven't you, Hank? I have. She played Natasha Rambova. Oh, I wouldn't know the fucking character nah. name like that. I don't know. I just think she. I think she's very much like the Meg Foster. Oh, I tell you what, though, I will tell you who could do a good skeleton. I think and would go over the top of it, Zachary Quinto. You see, I don't rate him as an actor in the slightest, personally. I think everything he's in, he's shit. I think he was shit in Heroes. I think he was shit in Star uh, Star Trek. I think he's the reason they canceled Nosferatu. I just think he's a garbage human being, and I hate him. Uh, he was good. In American Horror Story, <laughs> he was good. As a serial yeah. killer, he was good in American Horror Story. See, I don't think he was. I think, again, he was just the same dude in everything he's in. I think, unfortunately, he's like The Rock. He got cast in that one show. And they liked him in it, so he's played the same fucking dude in everything since. 
And it's just my opinion. I, he's just an actor who really underwhelms me. I mean, I don't wish him any ill will. I think it's great. He's got a good, for, you know, good career, and he is popular as fuck, and that's great for him. How about but Jared Leto? How about Jared Leto? No, no, Skeletor. no, 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 no. You see, they no. gave him free reign on the Joker, and look what happened, man. Yeah, shit. Yeah. So I don't know because I, I would have agreed with you before that. I thought he had some great roles before that, but now I'm like, eh, I don't know. Because mm, he's playing Morbius, isn't he? He is, and I'm, I'm withholding my judgment mm. till I see that. I'm not going to make any broad claims mm. until I see how he does, because he's a real mixed bag of a human being. How about, how about Tom Hardy? There's no. <laughs> I think he could probably play a good Shearer. <laughs> Woody, Harrel- Woody, Woody Harrelson. Woody Harrelson would make a good oh, job. I can yeah. say that. I can say that. That would be fucking good. Yeah. I can say that. Imagine him do it. You want over the top. He would do that. So yeah. Well. He would be good at that. Oh, well, fuck. If we're going to just do that, why don't we just have Nicolas Cage play him? <laughs> do you know what? That's it. That's it. Is that the yeah. end of the night? Or is it? Yeah. <laughs> is that the killer? Yeah. Once Seven. again, Nicholas Kidd saves the day. Guys, I've had a lot of fun with you. It's been a good uh, <laughs> talk. We went into all kinds of random shit. I think that thinking we could stay on track about fantasy was probably yeah. the biggest fantasy of the episode. Yeah, um, I agree. But there was some great suggestions there. I hope that people who haven't seen them check them out. Um, I want to thank uh, Les. I want to thank Chris, who's just ran away. I want to thank Wayne for joining me today. And I want to thank you, the audience, for listening. If you want to get in touch and get involved with us and give us any comments or feedback, feel free to do so at deadrealfilms.com forward slash movie madness, where you can always get our newest episodes and comment directly to us or email us at movie madness at deadrealfilms.com. In the meantime, I hope you all have a great night and enjoyed the show and have a good one, everybody. Good night. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.